Mark Batterson said, if you want to change your life, you have to change your words. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. At home, at work, and everywhere in between, we too often find ourselves trapped in self-defeating patterns of fear and frustration. But three small words have the power to transform our lives. Please, sorry, and thanks. Join us as we flesh out these words and see how they can change our lives and the lives of those around us. We hope you enjoy. All right, good morning. And good morning to all of you online. Thank you for joining us uh, today. Uh, I want to start off, and, and some of you are uh, new to our church since COVID, but Brandon, who led worship, he and I uh, used to do our Sunday night service together for like five years, and it's just so good to see him. And uh, it just, let's give it up for just, yeah. I, I say this all the time, but I don't think you get perspective, or if you've been at West Valley long enough, you know that this is true, but Literally, um, we have like four uh, people that rotate leading. Every one of those are rock stars and, and just truly love God and just do an amazing job. And so we're so blessed and, uh, uh, to partner up with some, some really great leaders. So I wanted to say that out the door. The other thing, it's kind of like the elephant in the room. Some of you, uh, first service, were saying, man, things are different. What happened? This and that. And, and it's hard to put your finger on. I'm going to tell you what it is. You could actually see the screens. Um, this is something the staff, uh, we complain about, whine about, and, you know, it's, you may not know, or you do know, and you've just been gracious not to tell me. Our projectors have been done, done for about two years, and so we have two brand new projectors, and so I know that's a silly thing, but it's a great thing, because actually when the Word of God gets up there, you can read it. And I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Mike Von Holten and Kyle and Paul who all helped install it. And, and I'm telling you, um, we're just grateful. And so one of the things that I was told this week, because those things just don't appear, you know, on your front door, you have to pay for them. And, and someone's like, Pastor, you never asked for anything. So I'm going to just let you know, if anyone wants to help out financially with those, I know some people have already done so. Um, kind of like, you know, the car or the new house after a period of time, things just start breaking down at the same time. Well, this building's about 15 years old. And, and just within a month, our light board went out. Our two main speakers have gone out. Our baptistry's broken. The two projectors, I mean, it was just like one thing after another. But um, we're grateful. We're on top of that stuff. So if anyone wants to give an above and beyond gift, you could just put it in the memo or however you do it. Just say, towards stuff. Is that cool? All right, so thank you for that. But I, um, I, I am grateful for this team uh, that we get to work with here at West Valley. And just, just thank your um, staff people when you see them and for the volunteers when you see them. If you're picking up your kids, just give them an extra thank you, amen? So with that, um, we are in a series. It's called How Sweet the Sound. Can you say that with me? How Sweet the Sound. And so uh, it's a relationship series. And I said, it's a pretty bold statement. There's three words that we could use that could literally change your life. And I, that's a pretty bold statement, but I believe it to be true. And uh, they're not easy words, uh, but they're words that literally could change relationship. Please, which we looked at last week, and we talked about in depth about how using the word please actually respects somebody. It's showing politeness. It's showing some humility. It's going to the waiter or waitress, give me a Coke. Or please give me a Coke. One is a demand and one is a request, right? 
and it places value on people. And that could be life-changing uh, for people. The second word that we're going to look at today is sorry. Can you say that? Oh, some of you said it's so pathetic. That's a hard word, isn't it? And then we got uh, thanks. But of those three, and I don't know what you would say, but of those three, I'm sorry is probably the hardest for me. Like, I'll give it to you, but I don't always want to. Can anyone relate to that? Now, some of you might be pleased that's your hardest or thanks that's your hardest, but for me, sorry of those three uh, would be the hardest. So um, I told my life group, I studied all uh, Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday for the sermon. I was worn out by Wednesday night life group. And I'm like, I don't want to preach Sunday this because it's, it's a tough one. And having just preached it, it's a tough one. So you get ready spiritually how you need to, and I will do so. And let's, let's ask the Lord to pray or to, to, to be with us. Lord, We'd ask that you continue to be with us. And like we were just saying, that your Holy Spirit would fill this place and fill the homes and wherever people are watching this online. God, that this, this, this particular word, um, it evokes a lot of different emotion and in, in, in some cases um, pain to the surface because just what it entails. So God, uh, through your Holy Spirit, do your thing. Help us to understand what it is that you want us to grab a hold of. And uh, may, may it may life-changing impact in people's lives because they were here today. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. So like I said, I'll do it, but sometimes I just don't want to. Is anyone else like that? I'll do it, I'll say it, but sometimes I just don't want to. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Um, why saying sorry is hard. And I could spend a whole message on this, but let me give you some insight uh, that I found out this week. One of the things that I read that I think might be helpful to you is it says uh, why people struggle saying I'm sorry. Offering an apology implies that they've harmed another person in some way, which can elicit feelings of shame. Did you catch that? That's why it might be hard because it elicits shame in us. People who cannot apologize often have such deep feelings of low self-worth that their fragile egos cannot absorb the blow of admitting they're wrong. Interesting, huh? So in, in one instance, this person says, oftentimes you can't say I'm sorry because of low self-esteem or because of the issue of shame. Um, sometimes we can't say I'm sorry because we feel it makes us too vulnerable. Does that make sense? We can't say I'm sorry because it makes us feel too vulnerable. Um, another reason why it's hard for us to say sorry is we just think and have a lack of empathy. <laughs> uh, another way of saying it is it's my world. You're just living in it, right? Like it's my way, uh, so I don't really give a rip what you think. Um, another thing is it's difficult in managing perhaps the emotion of guilt. And that might go uh, with an earlier reason with shame. But I want to bring you back to a passage that we looked at last week, but we didn't really, I quoted it, but um, we didn't go into depth of it. And so as I'm preparing this message, uh, it came back in my brain. And so I want you to open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter two. We believe that this is the word of God, amen? And so this isn't Pastor Rob telling you how to do it. Uh, This is scripture in this case saying, hey, this is one way that's going to help you understand how to better get to the place of saying sorry. So we got Philippians chapter two, verse three. Paul says, do nothing. What does nothing mean, church? 
Well, you're so smart. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in what? In humility, value. That's so important right there. That word just keeps popping out throughout this series, value. I think that's key to why we can say or can't say, please, sorry, thanks. Because in some cases, some of us just don't value other people's lives. And I talked about it last week. We need to say these words and it's gonna help our relationships and we can't avoid relationship. God made us for relationship whether you want it or not. And it doesn't matter what relationship, all relationships, these words are valuable for. So getting back to the text, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above who? Above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as who? Christ Jesus. You see, I'm, when I say I'm sorry or sorry, we're really asking for what F word? <laughs> Not that F word. What, what word? Forgiveness. forgiveness, aren't we? So when we say sorry, the word forgiveness is right there with it. It's associated with it. So, you know, really, in a lot of ways, this sermon is on forgiveness, which is a really tough topic. And I want you to know that I might not look very intelligent, and I might not test out very intelligent, but I am at least concerned or considered, I should say, about this topic. Like literally, why I tread with this carefully is because in 35 years of ministry, I've had a lot of things shared with me. And, and, and in your life, you've had a lot of things shared with you. I know as I look out in first service across the room, as I look across this room even today, I know a lot of your pain. Now, I don't, now, obviously, there's a ton of it I don't know, but I know a lot of stories. And, and part of it, to be honest, as I'm standing here preaching, a lot of that comes to mind. Oh, there's so-and-so. Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad they're here. Or, oh, there's, there's so-and-so. I can't believe they're here after what they've dealt with this week, right? And so what I want to say is this. This topic of forgiveness and this topic of saying sorry, I know it's, it's, it's next-level stuff for some of you. And some of you are like this. <laughs> you could talk to me about a lot of stuff, but he ain't talking to me about this because you don't know what so-and-so did to me, all right? But here's the other thing. Maybe you don't know what you've done to somebody. So just as much as we need to give it, we need to receive it. Amen? Amen. Are we on the same page there? So with that, I love this passage because I'm sorry is simply asking for forgiveness. And the truth is we all need to give forgiveness and we all need to receive forgiveness. And, and, and one of the things I read this week, and it might be an over-exaggeration, but I don't think it is. I'm sorry is the solution to thousands of problems. I'm sorry is the solution to a thousand problems. How? then can we get to these words? Now, some of you, it's really easy for you. Um, But for all of us, how can we get to these words? And I'm going to go right back to Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, if you continue reading, and actually that's where I ended, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as who? 
And, and I'm going to say, I'm going to give you three things that I think are going to helpful for you to get to that place of I'm sorry. But, but the first is this, have the mindset of Christ. Because human nature doesn't land here. Now, some of you, it's easier for you to say, I'm sorry. But at the end of the day, we really care about ourselves. And at the end of the day, uh, right here, I think this is what's going to help us. Now, here's what I know. Can you be a non-Christian and say, I'm sorry? Absolutely. I understand that there are people that don't have Jesus Christ as their Lord that can say, I'm sorry. What I am saying is, for us to get to the place of that being a part of our DNA and what we do and say, I believe the best place to start is with Jesus Christ. Because if you try to do it on your own strength, especially if that's really hard for you, good luck. Because some of you are going to say, I, I could do anything and everything, but I just can't say that. Well, you can with Christ. And, and let me dig into a little bit of what I mean by that, the mindset of Christ. You see, if left to our own, most of us would not be quick to say sorry. Would you agree? And on the other side of things uh, of this is it's, uh, you know, we, I forgive you would be a very hard thing. I, a couple of people last, last service walking out just saying, I forgive you is really hard when someone says I'm sorry. So there's kind of a double-edged sword to this message and I'm gonna be leaning on one. But the other thing is we need to allow people to say I'm sorry to you and to be able to receive that. In church, that one's really hard too. Because if you're like me, when you're really, really hurt, I mean really hurt, not like someone cut you off on the freeway, but I mean they got down deep. It's hard to give that forgiveness, isn't it, sometimes? It's hard to accept the sorry. So the mindset of Christ. I have to ask this question. Have you made Jesus Christ your Lord? Because if you haven't made Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you haven't said yes to Jesus, then I'm asking something of you that you, you can't do. And that's okay. You know, that's, that's, that's okay. But the first step in this is saying yes to Jesus, especially with this topic of forgiveness. It gets really, really messy, and it doesn't seem fair, and it doesn't seem right a lot of times, and, and it's just really hard. But if we can have the mindset of Christ, I'm telling you, it will help us. It'll ease the pain just a little bit. And you're like, Pastor, what, what do you mean? Well, look at Ephesians chapter four, or chapter two, verse four. It says, but because of his great love for us, talking about Jesus, and God who in his rich mercy made us alive with Jesus, even when we were dead in our what? Transgressions. Even when we were messing up, making mistakes, it is by grace you have been saved and raised, and God raised us up with Christ Jesus and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his what? Of his, of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Now, verse eight says this, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves. You didn't do anything. It's a gift from God, not by works so that you, no one can boast for we are God's handiwork created in who? Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. All over this passage, it's simply saying this, that you and I have made mistakes. You and I have messed up. You and 
and I have fallen short of what God requires and desires of our lives, but he has not written us off. And he uses this word grace, 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 grace over and over again. And what is grace? It's a gift that we don't deserve. Justification is getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Grace is not only not getting what we deserve, but a gift on top of that. You see, here's the truth. We do not deserve to be forgiven of our own selfish mistakes. But God, in his rich mercy, in his rich grace, sent his son Jesus Christ to die a horrific death on the cross, not for crimes he committed, but crimes I committed. You see, I did not deserve forgiveness. It was a gift given to me. And not only did I not say I'm sorry, but he died long before I said I'm sorry. I didn't deserve that. Do you see this? So if God is able to do that through his son, Jesus Christ, and you're like, here's me, but I'm not Jesus. <laughs> That's hard. And it is hard. But see, if we can understand what has been given to us, then maybe we could do a better job of giving it to others. Does that make sense? But too many of us in this entitled world is like, yeah, of course he needs to die for me. I'm me. I'm worth it. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's kind of an arrogant attitude, isn't it? But he's died for us because he sees value in us. And he's extended the forgiveness and he's extended the grace despite our attitude. See, a lot of reasons maybe I may not say I'm sorry is because the person's not gonna, they don't deserve it or they're just gonna hurt me again or, you know, all these, you know, selfish reasons or I'm just gonna get, you know, thrown in my face. Here's what's important. We are not saying I'm sorry expecting the right attitude in response. Did you catch that? We could say our sorry and we could get it thrown in our face. But you know what? We got to own our end. We're not responsible for the other person. Does that make sense? Now here's something that was brought up in a conversation out there because this, this stirs up all kinds of stuff. And I didn't get to say this for service and I'll say it this time. It doesn't mean we become doormats to the world as Christ followers and just set ourselves for abuse all the time. You can set up boundaries, right? But that still doesn't mean that you can't offer the words, I'm sorry. Yes? No. All right? And I, and I go, I'm flip-flopping from receiving and giving and what I'm sharing, but I think it's important. I don't want to say I'm sorry. I don't want to extend forgiveness. Trust me. I know, <laughs> but Jesus will help us. So some, many of you know that I went to Cambodia in uh, March. And so I was down in Cambodia with another pastor and at the invitation of a, of a guy that I actually went to Bible college with, I didn't know him very well, very quiet, meek, nice guy, has a little church here in uh, LA, Long Beach, uh, you know, just kind of, just, yeah, he's just faithful, you know, but not, not a big church, not a big, you go to Cambodia, and he's the Pope. And um, so we went there, uh, myself and another buddy, uh, pastors, and we did a pastor's conference. Uh, I can't remember, 100, 150 pastors. We spoke to four days. And one of the things I didn't know about, you know, I've heard of the killing fields, yeah? 
But I didn't know much, but boy, I learned a lot. You know, uh, the Khmer Rouge and literally a communist group within Cambodia that, that killed over almost a quarter of the nation. Can you imagine that? A quarter of the nation wiped off. And so my buddy who's in the peach shirt, that, that's Chris LaPelle. So he, 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 he survived that. But he watched in the refugee camps, he watched all of his family members be killed by the Cameroons. He escaped, I think he was like 12 years old. And so just, just, just to put in perspective, I, 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 you know, March, I can't even remember what I had for lunch yesterday, let alone March. And I wanted to make sure what I was going to share with you was appropriate and I was allowed to and I was accurate. And so I called him and he answered the phone, but he was actually in Cambodia. You know, he goes back and forth. And so what was funny is I'm like, you're in Cambodia. I could hear him better in Cambodia than I, if I called someone in Pacoima, you know, it was like, but anyways, he's in the middle of Cambodia. We're talking, I'm like, Chris, I'm going to show on this topic. Can I ask you some questions? He's like, absolutely. I said, I remember one breakfast and we're sitting there. I think I shared this with you. And, and the guy's sitting right across from me. He's got a tattoo across his forehead. It's in a different language. I didn't know what it was. And, and Chris introduced me. I kid you not. He introduced me to this guy and he says, his name's the assassin. I'm like, I hope I'm faster than him. I'm like the assassin. And he looked, he looked there. And then, and then I told you about M. Chen. She's probably like 4'8", 65, 75, just this petite little lady. But, uh, but the, Chris said uh, she has been um, tried by the United Nations for overseeing the death of over 200,000 people. This little, right? And I'm sitting and I'm like, that, those people were at that breakfast, right? And he's like, yeah. And I said, I said, let me put this all together. You saw your family killed by these people, the Cameroons. These were high leaders in the Cameroons, M. Chen and, and the assassin, yes. And now we're sitting around, a, we were sitting around a table and they're pastors now. And, and, and I looked at my pictures this morning, just to look at, and again, I'm seeing her face. It's just a big smile, no teeth, but big smile. She's like 80 something years. I said, what, here's the question, right? How'd you get there? They killed your family. And at 12 years old, he's got a whole story of how he got to escape that and then come to America and all that kind of stuff. And then he chose to go back there and he's planted over a hundred churches. And some of the biggest people that he's impacted are people that were a part of this communist Cam Rouge group of people that took out almost a quarter of the nation. And here's his words. And I, and I wrote them down so I could get it exactly right. He said, Rob, it's when you understand, understand God's love, this is the key. Because I said, how do you do it? And then I said, M. Chen, I know you brought her to the Lord and I know the story and I'm not gonna go into it, but it was just love. He just showed love over a consistent time. I said, she, has she ever said, I'm sorry? And you know what his answer was? No. He goes, but... She doesn't need to. But what she has said, and here's her quote, what I did was shameful. Or what she says, shameful, what we have done. And so she, she, she understands the pain of what she was a part of. But here's Chris LaPelle. You see that last quote? It's good to see men go from carrying AK-40s to Bibles. Now, now, why do I share that? Put all that together and think about this for a second. 
they didn't deserve or they didn't do anything appropriate or they didn't do any kind of act in which allowed Chris to extend forgiveness, did they? Matter of fact, it was just the opposite. He could have hatred and bitterness and pain and all kinds of stuff within his soul. But what happened to him is what he said, and we said, he said this in a lot of words, but what happened to him was the transformation in his own life of understanding that he was a sinner forgiven by God, and why could he withhold that from somebody else? And if he chose, by the way, to continue to hold on to that bitterness and forgiveness, it was only going to destroy his life all the more. It's like the person that, that, that drinks rat poison thinking that that would kill the rat. Are you with me on that? Why would you drink rat poison? You drink rat poison thinking that that was going to kill the rat. And that's what unforgiveness and bitterness is doing to our souls. That's why this is so important for all of us. Not easy. Not easy. Some people have done horrific things to us, and we've done horrific things to others. And that's where the grace of God comes in. Amen? Luke 23, 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Give me the context of what he's saying that. He's on the cross. He's just been flogged. He's just been beaten. He's just been crucified. And he's looking down at all the people that have just done that to him. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. You see, I think the key to saying I'm sorry is having the mindset of Christ, the humility of Christ. And that's hard for us. I don't know how they got this statistic, but, but, but one of the things I read this week, the average person spends 95% of their day thinking about themselves, which leads to the second key to saying I'm sorry. Ready? And this word keeps popping up. Empathy. Can you say that? Empathy. I've defined empathy this way. It's the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. It's walking in their shoes. And church, this is a three-week series right here. Literally, I could do on empathy. And and, and this is the, the positive thing about your pastor, and it's the weakness of your pastor. You guys know I say I care is positive, but I care too much. It uh, drives my family crazy. It drives people in my life crazy. And, and, but I'm, I'm always thinking about what others are thinking. And so there's a healthy side of that, and then there's an insecure side of that. Does that make sense? So, you know, being late to stuff, you know, I'm always concerned about, well, that's just rude. That's showing disrespect to somebody else. You know, I'm always looking at the store and I'm thinking, that's just my filter. And it's good and bad. But when I talk about empathy here, I'm talking about good. I'm talking about good, healthy empathy that says, you know what? I need to walk in their shoes because here's why I think a lot of us don't say I'm sorry is because what has been done to us or or what we've done to others, we just write it off through our own filter or why we don't receive forgiveness is because we just think people ought to know better and they ought to be better and all that stuff. Yes, people ought to know better. I ought to know better. We ought to be better. Yes, we understand all that stuff. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we, if we understand empathy, we, under, we understand this, that people are doing and living and walking through things that we have no idea. And so we might think, why did they just cut me off on the road? What we might not know is that they're going about 90 miles per hour because their wife's water just broke and they're trying to get her to the hospital before the baby comes out. I'm not justifying that stuff, but there's a lot of kind of things in life where we just hold grudges and we hold bitterness. And and, and really a lot of that pain that's been thrown our direction has nothing to do with us 
Because hurt people hurt people. Stephen Covey, have you ever heard of him? He's the author of the seven um, highly effective uh, people, habits of highly effective people. And, and I want to read this out of the book, please, sorry, and thanks. Uh, so I, I don't mess. I was going to actually tell you the story, but I want to I give it to you straight, as is written by Mark Batterson. It says, um, uh, well, that's a good story, but that's not the one I want. Here we go. It says, Stephen Covey told a story about riding on the subway in New York on a Sunday morning. People were quietly minding their own business when a father entered the subway car with his children. The children started yelling at each other and throwing things. Meanwhile, the father kept his eyes closed, obviously oblivious to the chaos the kids were causing. After exercising as much patience as possible, Covey turned to the father and said, Sir, your children are really disruptive. And disturbing a lot of people. I wonder if you couldn't control them a little more. Suddenly aware of the situation, the father responded, you're right. I guess I should do something about it. And then he said, we just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. I don't know what to think. And I guess they don't know how to handle it either. He goes on to write, says, when you take the time to learn a person's backstory, it reveals different patterns. And you see the person very differently. My paradigm shifted, Covey said. Suddenly I saw things differently because I, well, because I saw things differently. I thought differently. I felt differently. I behaved differently. My irritation vanished. My heart was filled with the man's pain. Everything changed in an instant. I think this topic of forgiveness, bitterness, sorry, my personal opinion, this is me, has a lot to do how we see other people. And a lot of that unforgiveness and a lot of that bitterness and a lot of that stuff really has nothing to do with us, but we are in close approximation where the, the shrapnel got us. Does that make sense? And we let it stick. And the Bible says one of the first verses I ever learned in Ephesians was let no bitter root grow up inside you. Church, I do really well at that. And then I do really bad at it. I think there's a lot of that stuff that's just fallen off my heart. But there are some situations in my life where that bitter root is growing. And I'm feeding it with water. Any of you relate to that? Hurt people hurt people. This is called a, a Russian nesting doll, right? And when I was in Russia, I actually got one uh, yesterday. You guys know what a Russian nesting doll is? They're cool. What's interesting is you open it up, and then all of a sudden there's another one. <laughs> and then you open up this one, and guess what? There's another one. And then you open it up, and I'm not going to spare you time. There's seven layers. And the last one literally is like this big. It's like a, cur- a corn, kernel of corn, right? And you're like, Pastor, why are, you, why are you bringing up these things? Because don't these nesting dolls represent us? What I see is the outside of you. But all of us have many layers to us. Did you catch that? 
and especially the smallest layer, the core, is the one that typically impacts us the most. And so a lot of the unforgiveness and a lot of the bitterness has nothing to do with the outside, but it has a lot to do with those deeper lower layers. That's why the passage in Philippians is so important, that we value others, that we don't look to our own interests, but we also see the interest of others. Amen? It's easier to hold opinions about other people than it is to have empathy for them. It's easier to hold opinions about people than it is to have empathy for them. Every apology begins with empathy. Everyone's battling a battle that we don't know about. As illustrated by Covey on the um, subway. That's the story of the woman at the well in John chapter 4, right? Jesus, this woman's in pain. She's struggling. They have this conversation about living water. And then eventually he says, you know, something about the husband. And she goes, well, actually, I'm not married. And he goes, yeah, I know. And he knows the layers, right? He knows her story. He doesn't hold it against her. It's because of that that he's able to forgive her and give her hope. Henry Longfellow says this, if we could read the secret history of our enemies, we should find in each man's life sorrow and suffering enough to disarm all hostility. That's powerful, isn't it, church? If we could read the secret history of our enemies, we should find in each man's life sorrow and suffering enough to disarm all hostility. That's what led Jesus to the cross because he sees the value, not the sin. I'm going to say the third thing, and literally I'm going to take less than a minute on this because we talked about it last week, but I have to bring it up again. In order to get to the place of saying, I'm sorry, we need the mindset of Christ, we need empathy, empathy, and lastly, self-worth. Self-worth. God loves each of us as if there was only one of us. Amen? You have value. And the reason we can't forgive a lot of times and the reason we can't say I'm sorry is because we have not accepted it for our own lives. We don't value ourselves, therefore we don't value others. We haven't forgiven ourselves, so we don't forgive others. Forgiven people forgive people. We cannot live in shame and guilt. We need to say we are sorry to ourselves and accept God's forgiveness. Confess your sins to God. Let him know that you are sorry. Accept his forgiveness. A sincere sorry can move mountains of pain, shame, and regret. Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Dallas Willard said it this way, the true saint burns grace like a 747 burns fuel on takeoff. My whole life needs to be burning that grace. I get to survive because of the grace of God. Therefore, I need to extend that to others. I conclude with this. Sorry needs to be a part of our vocabulary. I'm sorry allows forgiveness to set us free. Unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison and thinking it will kill the rat. Mindset of Christ, empathy, self-worth. Father, thank you. That's a hard one, but I think it's right. 
And whatever is a bunch of baloney, let that just fall to the wayside. Whatever's true, let it impact our lives. Help us to give it. Help us to receive it. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Your mercies and your love that you've always shown me. You forget all my rebellion.